You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Bickhai-Smith, and I have a wonderful interview subject to share with you on this particular instalment of the show, Mr. Ronnie Romero. Ronnie is the frontman in Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, and he also works with Nazumu Wakai in Destinia. Let's have a listen to what Ronnie has to say. Here we go. Mate, I want to welcome you to the show. It's it's a real treat to talk to you finally. I've long admired your work. Certainly, at least, you've been in the public eye and the work that you've been doing with Richie and Rainbow. So can you describe how you met Richie and the recruitment process into Rainbow? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, in, the, um, I was in, in Madrid in 2015. I moved from Chile to Madrid in 2009. And uh, uh, it was a morning. I was working under my desk, and, and I got a message from, from Candice in, in my Twitter account. And asked me if uh, if that account is running by Ronnie himself or management or whatever, and I say okay, <laughs> there's no management because I'm <laughs> I'm not a professional musician, you know. So it was funny. Uh, and uh, she told me the idea that Richie, uh, we found you in YouTube because <clears throat> I had I used to play in a in a rainbow cover band in in Madrid uh, with some local musicians, and we had some videos on YouTube. And she uh, she found some those videos and and show it to uh, to Richie, so yep. they decide to to call me, <clears throat> and um, uh, they told me that the idea to play some shows uh, in 2016, and 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 then after that the 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 management called me, they told me everything about the the plan, and and then a week after that I met Richie in, in Munich. They invited me to to get a dinner and, and have a meeting. And it was actually a kind of a meeting, uh, dinner and, and audition. Um, and that's it. I mean, I met Richie. We've been talking for hours. Uh, we've been dinnering and eating. I remember we were eating um, ice cream. Richie <laughs> loved the ice cream. Yep. Vanilla ice cream, I remember, with chocolate. <laughs> nice. Funny because he told me he, he asked me, uh, "You don't want a beer after the after the 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 dinner, or do you want ice cream?" And I say, "Okay." He's asking me this for some reason, you know. Yeah. So uh, he's uh, kind of testing me, you know. <laughs> so ah, yeah, say, gotcha, yeah. So I say, I, "I really love the ice cream," and he said, "Okay, me too." So we're gonna get some ice cream. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, all that, all the you know, all the meeting was kind of a he was testing me about everything, you know. Yes. He asked me about the religion and my family and my beginnings in music and Chile and politics and everything. Mm. So it was pretty, it was pretty um, uh, funny actually. And then uh, he just took the guitar and we played some songs and that's it. He, he told me, okay. I remember we, we were in a you know in a room in a castle in Munich. Yep. Um, and he took the guitar. We started to play some rainbow songs and purple. And uh, Candice was on the on the on the same room, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, we play a couple of songs. To uh, I remember it was kind of a three or four songs. And he told me, okay, that's it. I mean, if she is smiling, everything is okay. So that's what the that's what my audition, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. I mean, here we are. <laughs> Wonderful and and. When you when you say you were having conversations with him, was there anything about who he is, his personality, that really surprised you? Because I have read an interview where you said 
his public persona and the way that he's personified by the media is nothing like what he's like in person. So was there anything else that really surprised you about Richie when you were having conversations with him? Actually, everything, you know, because he was totally uh, the opposite that I thought that he was, you know, <laughs> was uh, obviously, I mean, I was a, I, I am a really big uh, Rainbow and the Purple fan from the, from the very beginning, like I told you before. Mm. Uh, I was starting to listen Deep Purple when I was six years old because my father was a really big fan. And, and um, obviously, you know, this uh, public, you know, personality, uh, Rich is a bad guy, it's really hard to handle it or whatever. And um, <clears throat> and then I met Richie and I was a really, really nice guy. We've been talking, laughing. He loved to do jokes and... Uh, I, I know. I mean, uh, it was totally different. Totally, I was really surprised, actually. Yeah, you're really just... and, and, and and I mean, and even now, he always treated me really, really well, like a, like a friend. You know, hmm. he's not a he's not a hard guy to to uh, to work with him. You know, it's it's totally the opposite. Well, that's what I've had two conversations now. You're the second. The first bloke that I've spoken to was about. God, it was over 15 years ago or so, but Bob Daisley, the Australian bass player that worked with him in Rainbow in the 70s, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with him about all of the wonderful artists that Bob's worked with, and we had a really good conversation mm -hmm. about Richie, and he mentioned yeah. sentiments similar to what you're talking about. Look, he, he didn't give me anywhere near as much detail as you've provided, but he did say that, yeah, no, he was easy to work with. He lets you know what you need to do, and you just do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, really, uh, I mean, it's um, obviously he's a nice guy. I mean, every... All the people involved on this rainbow uh, uh, thing—it's—it's uh, it's nice people, you know. Yeah. Richie Candice, the, the management Carol, every everybody treats treat me really, really well. I mean, I don't have anything uh, anything bad to say about <laughs> about Rainbow. Uh, he treated my family really good, and I even I remember uh, the first time when I flew to New York to rehearse, they invited my wife to meet my wife to you know and. We had a kind of a family dinnering, and was everything was pretty pretty nice. And uh, on the other side, Richie is a really really smart guy. Yes. So you can talk with him about everything. You know, you can talk with him about not just music, obviously, because I mean, uh, the most of the time we talk about music because obviously I need to know things about Richie and yeah. like a, like a fan and you know. Like um, he gave me some advices on the about the music industry and whatever, but uh, we can talk about I don't I don't know uh, movies and uh, <laughs> astronomy and politics Wonderful. and religion and whatever. Mm. So it's a very very interesting person to meet and and spend time with him. And what about fan feedback as well? Because I've read a lot of the comments out there on YouTube. There are some extraordinary videos out there and your performance with Richie and the rest of the, the band members in Rainbow. Yeah. Overwhelmingly, yeah. they're very, very positive. Now, you've stepped up to fill some very big shoes, I must be said, but you're bloody doing it, and you're doing a really good job at doing it. Now, look, I wouldn't say it if I didn't feel the case. It was the case, I just wouldn't say anything. But do you feel, and it might go without saying, but I will ask the question, how much pressure do you feel to perform and live up to people's expectations, given you're taking... The, the role that Ronnie James Dio was once in, mm. Joe Lynn Turner, the list goes on. There are so many wonderful vocalists that you're now stepping mm -hmm. into the same shoes as. So how much pressure do you feel? Well, I, I 
think it's the normal pressure that you can feel doing that job. I mean, but not that much. I mean, uh, from the very beginning, which gave me enough uh, confidence and, and freedom to do my job, you know. Yeah. Uh, he never he never want to to uh, to uh, make me perform in or, or have a copy of the original singers, you know. Hmm. Uh, he was just telling me, okay, you can sing this, sing it in your way. Uh, you're running Romero, you're not running James Dio or whatever, so, uh, and you're doing great and blah, blah, blah. So uh, uh, I have enough confidence of, from the very beginning to do my job uh, uh, in the way that I am doing, and and, and, mm. and I think it's from the very beginning that people like it. So uh, I remember the first show was a kind of a weird on, on the pressure side because obviously, you know, the first show in front of, I think it was, uh, 80, 18,000 people. Yeah, that's uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah, after 25 years without Rainbow performing any songs, so was uh, obviously it was a kind of a pressure there. But after that, even the last shows in Rush and, and, and other places, hmm. uh, was a kind of a big party, have, having fun. It's, it's about to have fun, I think. Yeah, uh, and you can notice that if you if you uh, compare the first show in 2016 and from the last shows, uh, it's totally different because by now we are having real fans doing the Rainbow songs. It's it's an interesting combination of musicians that Richie has selected this time around. Okay, so you yeah. are the archetypal rock and roll heavy metal frontman in my view. You've just mm. got the charisma. You've certainly got the vocal chops. But a lot of the commentary, again, that I'm reading online is focusing on the mm. bass player and also the drummer that are in the yeah. band. So did Richie yeah. have a specific strategy about what he was trying to do with Rainbow uh, in the new millennium that you're aware of? Or was it just he was already working with these guys and he just decided, oh, well, I only really need to bring in a vocalist now to complete the picture and I'll just take it from there? Uh, well, starting that, obviously he had a strategy, you know, yeah. <laughs> obviously. He, he never do anything without thinking about it. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's enough, uh, he has enough passion to do music, obviously, mm. but he's a, like I told you before, he's a really smart guy, and he always do everything with, with a reason. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, at the beginning, three years ago, four years ago, when we were starting the rehearsings, and I was a little bit surprised too, because, uh, uh, he took uh, David from Blackmore's Night and drums, hmm. and I've been thinking he he was, you know, maybe this guy can do the Cozy Powell thing or not. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're big shoes to fill, mate. Cozy Powell's an extraordinary drummer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but he can, you know. It's and in the other side, he can play uh, too many other uh, styles and music. So hmm. uh, I think it's a plus for us because we can. We can we can play whatever we want in in, in in any way that we want to do, and it's the same with the bass player. I mean, people need to know this guy, the bass player. Uh, uh, Bob is an amazing musician. He's not just a, a, a bass player as usual. You know, it's he's a, an amazing guitar player. He can sing really well. Hmm. He has a kind of a soul uh, voice and style. Okay, yeah, and. Uh, it's very smart playing uh, music, so uh, I think from from the beginning, Richie has to me the strategy is is about to 
get the 70s feeling because every rehearse and even on the shows, we jam a lot. We never play the songs in, with a solid structure, you know? Hmm. Uh, we never play the songs, or the same songs uh, in the same uh, order on set list in every show. So every time we are jamming, and with this drummer and with this uh, bass player, we can do that. Besides the keyboard player, which is amazing, James uh, Johansson, mm. obviously. Oh, James Johansson, yeah, he's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that the, the thing is that we can <clears throat> we can jam all the time, and Richie loved to do that. It's like a Deep Purple in the 70s, you know? Mm. Yeah. If you remember the, the Deep Purple shows in the 70s, uh, the live shows when we were they were uh, jamming all the time and improvising and uh, playing, I don't know, maybe... Uh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes uh, long <laughs> songs, you know? Yeah, I've seen the videos uh, where the videos on YouTube where John Lord sets the tone for where the, the musical direction is going in and the rest of the band just yeah. follows. So it ends up being a bit of a trade-off between John and Richie in a lot of those videos. They're wonderful videos to watch. I love I love getting a cup of yeah. coffee or a, or a beer and sitting down and watching those things because they take you to another place, don't they? There's a real magic about it. Yeah, so I think the idea was bring that feeling from the 70s and put it again on, on, on the actual time. And I think it's, a, it's really great because, uh, like I told you, on the, even on the rehearsals, we can play, uh, we can jam, they can improvise guitar solos and guitar uh, keyboards and, yeah. and even drum solos and whatever. <clears throat> so uh, uh, it would be completely different if you bring just a sessionist musician on the drums and on the bass and they play just the songs and that's it. There's no magic around that. Mm. So uh, I think it's a great idea to bring these musicians because they, they can do that. So you're not just working with, with one fantastic guitarist, you're also working with an outstanding guitarist from Japan, uh, Nozomu uh, Wakai, I hope I pronounced Nozomu's yes. name correctly there. But tell us, yes. you, did you meet Nozomu prior to meeting Richie or did that, did that uh, collaboration come about because of the work you were doing in Rainbow? No, actually, I mean, obviously, <laughs> all is connected. But uh, I met I met Nasomu um, in 2016 because I've been playing in, in Japan with my band Auto Black. Okay. And um, obviously, we, we were playing there because I am the Rainbow Singer. So <laughs> it's, mm. it's kind of uh, the same thing. Yep. So um, uh, we were playing in a in a festival, Low Park in Tokyo. And the people from the from the record company, the World Records, uh, they uh, introduced me to Nosomu. And uh, at the beginning, I was not paying too much attention on on, on Nosomu because I don't know too much Japanese musicians. And he gave me a couple of CDs, and when I back home, I put the CDs and I say, "Okay, this guy can play." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's very very interesting. It was very interesting to listen. To. And, uh, and then after that, a couple of months after that, they told me the idea to play, uh, to sing just one song on his new album. And I say, okay, that's pretty much nice to do it, so I can do it. And uh, I remember that I recorded a song <laughs> here in Madrid in my studio, and, and um, I sent the song back, and they told me, okay, uh, can you sing 11 songs on this album? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was the, that was the beginning. Wonderful. Do you, do you sometimes have to pinch yourself when you're on stage with Rainbow? Obviously, you're working alongside of Richie, but now you're working alongside mm -hmm. a bloke who I think whose, whose name is only going to... It's a bit like you, mate. You're going to become... 
if not a household name, you certainly are a household name to musicians. So you're working alongside of these two extraordinarily gifted guitarists. But think back, say, 20 years yeah. ago, because I think you're about the same age I am, because I'm 40. Did you think you, that it was even a possibility? Chile is a country a bit like Australia and that we can feel like as though we're a bit far away yeah. from everything. But did yeah. you ever envision that you'd ever be at the level and performing at the level you are in 2018? Well, I always had a dream to, to be a professional musician, you know. I mean, I, actually, I was, I, uh, I was born in, in, a, in a family of musicians. My father was a, a singer. My mother used to play the guitar. My, my brother is a drummer. Hmm. Uh, my grandfather is a saxophonist. He played in an orchestra. So, you know... Uh, I grew up listening to music and playing music and I can play different instruments and whatever. So, um, <clears throat> and I always had the dream to do it in a professional way. Obviously life is different and, and I just studied my careers and I got my regular job, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then at the time, like I told you at the beginning, uh, I met my, the girl who is my wife now, uh, by Facebook 10 years ago. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and then he was living in Madrid. I was living in Santiago in Chile. And uh, we met, and I moved to Madrid. And that was the beginning, because I started to play in a professional way here in Madrid. So uh, uh, obviously, I always want to do it in a professional way, hmm. but I never imagined to do it in this level. Not just playing with, I mean, I, I, used, I used to work with amazing musicians from like uh, Leo Leone sure. and Botard. Sure, yeah. Uh, even my band, Lord of Black, we are working in a really good way. Yeah. Not so more and others. And, uh, but playing with Richard Blackmore, it's uh, <laughs> something that I never <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's an incredible thing. And I think it's just such a wonderful story. It, remi- it It's a parallel a little bit with, um, oh, gosh, I've got a mental blank, sorry. What was the name of the singer that joined Judas Priest for a period of time and Rob Halford stepped out? Ripper Owens, uh, right Tim- there. Tim Ripper Owens. Yeah, Tim Ripper Owens. I mean, there's a, there is a couple. There is Tim Ripper Owens and there is uh, uh, Arnel Pineda from Journey. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's he's a Filipino, right? He's fantastic. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting comparison, actually, um, in yeah. that we, we go to the Philippines quite a bit because my wife's half Filipino, and I know that there are an extraordinary amount of uh, vocalists over yeah. there that are, are, are very, yeah. very good at what they do, and guitarists as well. And I know in South America... I've got a mate, a good mate from Chile as well, who tells me about all the wonderful guitarists that are in Chile that just don't mm-hmm. have the platform to get their music out there. I mean, of course, you can put things onto the internet, but who's going to find it? Someone has to promote it, and somebody has to get behind it. But... Yeah, yeah, you know, there is a, every, I mean, around the world, there's amazing musicians everywhere. Uh, they need just a chance to show his work. Uh, I mean, everything is, every time is like that. I mean, I've been touring. I've been touring the world last uh, three years, mm. and in every town there is an amazing musician. You know, there's a great guitar <laughs> player, there's a great singer there in the audience. Uh, I met amazing drummers and bass players and whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but they need that chance to do something, something else. Uh, obviously, now it's really easy because you have internet and you can mm. put your stuff on YouTube and in the social. Oh, whatever. So uh, by now it's really. Uh, but you can imagine without internet. Uh, obviously, without internet, uh, mm. I wouldn't have the, the the chance to do this. Not the reach. Nah. 
yeah. I think my take on it is, uh, I've alluded, you've already said that I think Chile's a bit like Australia and that we're far away from the uh, the commercial yeah. bonanza that is, that is North America and also Europe. And we've actually, a bit like what you've had to do, you've actually had to physically move. Even with the internet, you still had to move to Madrid. And I think a lot of Australians mm. have to do the same thing. So my take on it is yeah. you've got to have the talent, which you've got, but then when you're given the opportunity, you don't stuff it up, which you didn't. Yeah. And that's what leads to all of these wonderful opportunities keeping on, keep on yeah. continuing coming through to you. Obviously, there's a good thing because you have internet to do to show the, your stuff to the people. But in the other, in the other hand, it's really hard because there is too many things on the internet yeah. to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe you have the zero zero point zero one percent chances to some some important person. Uh, can watch your stuff, but uh, anyway, you need to try. I mean, everything is about you try and 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 hard work. Uh, the most of the time, the people told me, uh, "Oh, you are a lucky guy," and I say, "Yeah, I have lucky." But on the other hand, <laughs> I'm, I've been working really hard to do. Yeah, you've worked your ass no, off absolutely. for this opportunity. Yeah, I can tell yeah. that. I can see that. I can. You 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 can't get up there and fake it. With as a musician, I, I'm a musician as well as you can probably tell through some of the comments that I've made. I'm a bass guitarist and do play a little bit of guitar, but I've worked in bands for the better part of 20 years now. And I get so sick, to be honest with you, of musicians that tell me that they can do things. Then when you get up on stage, I've actually had people up on stage shake, not yeah. be able to perform. <laughs> you, you under, yeah. You've been through it too. You've probably seen people do that. And you think, well, why didn't you tell me that you couldn't do this before you get up in front of, in my case, it's only yeah. 50 or 60 people. It's nowhere exactly. near the amount of people you're playing in front of. Yeah. But, but still, you've got to have the confidence in your ability, which in my view comes down to the amount of practice that you do in your own time. Yeah. I'm forever practicing, just constantly going over things and just doing things to give me the confidence that when I get on stage, I can nail it and I can tell it's the same for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always say to the people when the people ask me about this and they, and they tell me, okay, you're a lucky guy. You say, yeah, they need to work really hard to do mm. it. And be prepared for when you have the chance. That's the that's the yes. thing. Because if, if you can imagine, Candice send me a message and they say, "Oh, we saw you in a video in, in YouTube playing the uh, Man of the Silver Moon thing in your house." Yes. And and I say, "Oh yeah, but I can't do it on live." So uh, you need to be prepared for that. I think it's, it's the in the only, and the only way is work really hard to. Have you thought about writing a book about your, your story, this story right up to and also the work you've been doing with Richie? Well, well probably, probably in 20 or 30 years, so I, I will have enough material to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, by now, probably have just the first two chapters. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, in fact, I remember last year there was a, there was a, um, um, a movie director, they told me that we can do a do documentary of my life, and I say, okay, uh, I really want to do that, but when I when I will have maybe seventies, you know, <laughs> because by now, <laughs> I, but it's not too too enough material to do a movie, you know. <laughs> so, well, it's a, uh, it's an inspirational uh, story, and I, and I think that when people get to know you, because you're very personable and you speak yeah, very well, it's the same thing like when 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 the 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 um, record company. Uh, they tell me, do you want to record a solo album? And I say, are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, I'm just starting with this. Uh, I, I've been working professionally just four years, hmm. and you want me to do a solo album? Uh, maybe I will do it when I was 50. <laughs> <No>? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. 
Well, you're very uh, humble, mate. I That's think it's what not it the right time to do certain things. You know, I'm just need to be focused in my career and do the best way that I can with the the best musicians that I can get. You know, and mm. and then time will tell. You know, it's, it's mm. not the, it's not a must to do it right now. So the obvious question then for you is, in terms of when you mentioned that word career, is there a rainbow yeah. album in the works? <clears throat> Uh, well, I don't know actually because <laughs> it's really, uh, yeah. Uh, tough question. The most of the time, yeah. I, I the most of the time I don't have too much information about the Rainbow Camp yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Know, I can understand that everything is about to, uh, about Rich's feelings on the music. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe they can prepare a tour and then Rich say, yeah, I can't do this anymore. You know. Sure. Uh, so. Um, but yes, we've been we've been we've been working in in, in a couple of songs, uh, like waiting for a sign, um, and the songs are there. You know, we're already recorded. Wonderful. But, okay. Uh, not not news. enough for an album. Not enough for an album, of course. But uh, we will see. I mean, it's I'm waiting for Richie call. You know. Yeah. If Richie said, "Okay, Ronnie, you need to move here to New York, and we're gonna record an album or whatever." Uh, I think we are prepared to do it because we've been playing together. I mean, all the band we've been playing together the last four years, and and uh, we are the right uh, the right mood to do it right now. Sure. Uh, obviously, like I told you, depends on Richie. We will see. We will see what happens. So, so you mentioned there that there were some songs already in the can, in so far as songs had been written, and are they in the vein of some of the classic material like Stargazer and the like? No, I mean, uh, I mean, new songs. Oh yeah, when I say so, are the the new songs are they similar to some of the older material, or has it gone in a different direction? Well, that's too much information to say. Okay, no, that's <laughs> fair enough. Anyway. I, I thought, I thought since you brought it up, but I'd anyway, ask. it was like it was like a, it was like, a, it was like a, the waiting for a sign. When I remember when Richie uh, told me, uh, "Hey, I have a song, and maybe you can sing on on it and, and yeah. see what happened," and and. And I would send you the song, and I say, okay, cool. I was very excited, you know, because yeah. there's a new song previously unreleased and it's wonderful news. written by yeah. Richie, yeah. And I was waiting something like "Kill the King" or something like that, mm. <laughs> "Lighting the Black" or something really fast and heavy, you know. Yeah. And and then he sang me the song, uh, and I was at the, at the beginning, I was like a very, you know, kind of a, uh, okay, this is good, but it's not the thing that I would, I've been expecting, you know. I was a little <laughs> bit disappointed. Uh, in that way, but when I record the song and I was starting to listen to the song, and it was a totally um, I don't know surprise because uh, it's a song that perfectly perfectly fit with the uh, early Rainbow material, the first album. Actually. Unreal. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, there is a couple of I think it's really really good songs, but uh, we will see what happens in the future if Richie wants to do something or. Or uh, or not depends. Obviously, depends on his feelings. Depends on the healthy, you know. Yeah. Guy from seventy-three years old mm. with some problems on the bag and yeah, and, and everything. So, uh, but by now we are we're in a really good mood to do yeah even more tours and and we will see if we can do a an album. Why not? Yeah, you've just you just hit on a point I was uh, I was going to make actually. The fact is, yeah, he is in his early seventies, and uh, yeah. the time is 
precious. We know that. And, and uh, there but for the grace of God, nothing happened to anybody that's in the collective there mm-hmm. right now. But uh, I think a lot of fans, and certainly I've read that, a lot of fans have alluded to Richie's age and if there is a potential for another album. So fingers crossed, mate, that there is. And, of course, hopefully you're a big part of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see that. All right, mate, I better make this my, my last question for you because I'm in Australia, okay. I need to ask. Have you had much feedback from Australian fans and listeners over the years? Sorry, what? Have you had much feedback from Australia? So from fans in Australia reaching out to you yeah, to... Feedback. Yeah, feedback, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, in fact, I was really surprised because uh, uh, I, there was Australian fans on some of the Rainbow shows. And is that kind of uh, fans that you can you not expect on the shows because you're playing, you know, in in, in UK or you're playing in, mm, even sweet. in Japan. I remember yeah. there was a couple of Australian guys in in the low park, and I was very surprised. And I understand <laughs> you talk with these people, and so there is a huge uh, uh, rock and heavy uh, scene there. Uh, in fact, I've been talking with the the Gothard, uh singer Nick Mather. Uh, okay. He was living in, in Australia. And he was playing in a in a band there, actually with a kind of a ACDC uh, cover band. Oh, really? Sorry, what was the name and, of the singer? Uh, yeah. What was the name of the singer? Sorry. Nick Nether. Um, what band was he in originally? He's in Gothard right now. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. There's. Look. You find out through the grapevine. Uh, that a lot of musicians mm. do spend a lot of time here talking about people who aren't Australian. They move here and they might have a holiday house or what have you. Um, and th- the people and and the, and the bands there are starting to to go there to tour Australia. So yeah, it's very it's a very interesting new market to 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 do some shows or whatever. So yeah, probably and probably I don't know, I, I'm not talking about Rainbow, but maybe with some of my bands we will go there very soon. I think the guys from Primal Fear they've been there. Uh, yeah, they're coming. If they're not, recently. if they haven't already been, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's heaps of. So yeah, I've been talking with the guys, and they me, yeah, there's a good scene there. So there's a lot of fans, uh, rock and heavy metal fans. So yeah, interesting, really interesting. Yeah, there's a ton. There's a lot of death metal, black metal, all of the bands under the rainbow of, excuse the pun, yeah. <laughs> of, of heavy metal. <laughs> you know, the rainbow of genres yeah. under heavy metal, mate. A lot of them do come down yeah. to Australia and. I, uh, I'm very privileged to talk to so many of them because, of course, I've got contacts in the industry that, that give me the opportunity to yeah. have a chat to them like I've been able to have a chat to you. Yeah. And, 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 and all of the musicians that I speak to, certainly, and I don't think it's fake either, they're so excited to come down here and, and talk about mm-hmm. the feedback that they get from Australian fans. And I'm also I'm proud of the way Australian fans are supportive of people in rock and heavy metal because I know it's not the flavour of the month in the United States, for example, mm-hmm. and it's, it's harder. Mm-hmm. It's probably the hardest genre to make a living out of these days because it doesn't get mainstream support mm-hmm. you know so yeah. yeah no so it's it's a great thing but but mate this has been a wonderful chat i really really appreciate how open you've been and uh, i just want to offer you again a heartfelt congratulations on the wonderful performance that you've put in with uh with richie and the rest of the rainbow guys it's extraordinary mate and i think you are an inspiration i meant what i said before because i know it's not easy and you have to work bloody hard to do what it is that you're doing mate but you're doing such a great job at it and i I really hope that brand new rainbow album comes out and you feature heavily on it thank you very much i really hope to see You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was a conversation between myself and Ronnie Romero. Ronnie is the front man for Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, and he also works with Nazuma Wakai 
in Dystinia. Thank you so much for listening.